0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to the very first episode of Squad Up. I'm your host, Eduardo, and this here is a podcast all about games games in their many forms, games on video games, uh, board games, escape games, any game you can think about. Um, Once again, I'm your host, Eduardo, and I've been wanting to put the podcast together for quite some time, and uh, I wouldn't be able to do so without my boy Peaches over here. Peaches, what's up, man?
1: Hey, Eduardo, how's it going?
0: Hey, living the dream, man! What's going on? You get the giggles?
1: Yeah, man, I've always got the giggles. <laughs> I've always you got know?
0: the giggles. Yeah, man, I feel you. That's uh, why I
1: talk, so I so you get to listen to me laugh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's the whole. That's actually why I brought you on here for that <laughs> infectious laughter of yours. You're welcome, thank everyone. You. You're welcome. Thank you, thank you. Um, so, once again, this is a podcast all about games. Um, personally, with me, I've been playing games since I was a wee little lad. Um, I think my first console was the original NES, but I didn't really fall in love with games until about the N64, Um, and from then it was just kind of history. I play all kinds of games today, PC, console, handheld, mobile, you name it, I'm probably playing it. Uh, Zach, what about you? What's your history with games?
1: Oh, I, I used to go outside a lot when I was a kid, and I went to a park one day and I fell off a swing and I hit my head on the ground. Yep. Yep. And, uh-huh. uh, and then I didn't want to go outside anymore. Sure. So. Sure. I don't really remember not playing games. <laughs> I just always
0: played. Right. It's, uh, it's hard to remember a time in life without games.
1: <laughs> it's just a little bit of everything for me too. I just mostly don't play a lot of sports games, but other than that, I'll pretty much play everything.
0: I mean, I'll give it a try. With the way games are going, games are now the sport. You know.
1: That's true. That's, that is true. It brings a smile to my face.
0: <laughs> well, we're going to start off with the news, um, because I honestly didn't really know what else to start the podcast with. Um, later on in the episode, Zach and I are going to introduce you guys to more of our gaming past when we talk about our top five video games of all time. So please stick around for that. But first off, we're going to talk about some gaming news going on. Um, the first that we're going to talk about is one that's kind of spread through the United States right now. It's about violence in video games. So um, as many of you know, there was a horrific shooting that happened in Parkland, Florida, uh, a couple Couple uh, a couple weeks ago, and one of the sort of proponents and one of the targets for that was uh, violent video games. So a lot of legislators and politicians said that video games are causing sort of intrinsic violence in kids, and it's desensitizing kids to um, uh, murder and you know violence and all that kind of stuff. Now, personally, for me, I have never even gotten into a fist fight like in my entire life. I think one time my sister pinched me and I pinched her back and that's about as far as I've ever gone. Zach, what about you? How violent oh are you?
1: Gosh. I. Oh my gosh. I'm like the least violent person that you know and I've never stopped playing video games.
0: Right. And now how violent are the video games that you're playing?
1: I mean, I, I grew up playing Mortal Kombat on the Super Nintendo. Sure. And you know, I've shot lots of virtual people, <laughs> right? And murdered lots of virtual people, sure. But I, I, I don't want to do it in real life. That's messy,
0: right? Do you ever see like a person on the street that kind of looks like a Goomba, and you're like, man, I really want to <laughs> jump on that person right now and just kind of stomp on them till they disappear?
1: I tried once. I just can't jump that high. No,
0: no. Yeah, problem. I've never wanted to like step on a turtle and then kick it across the street to try to trip somebody. Um, <laughs>
1: no, it doesn't work that way. Yeah, really. I don't think you from... just crush a turtle and then and then people look at you and and they're upset with you and just in general.
0: Right, right. Like, oh, my God, this guy with the turtle again. He's here every week. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> We're running out of turtles. I know. Uh, so violence in video games is one of those things that kind of gets brought up every once in a while whenever there's something crazy that happens people like talking about violence i actually um visited my parents a couple weeks ago and they talked about this same issue and my dad brought up this fantastic point so when he was a kid people were saying the same thing about tv shows they thought john wayne was too violent and these old westerns were too violent and when other you know new movies started coming out they were too violent and it's sort of gotten to this point where we've had violence for as long as we can remember we've had you know civil rights movements and all these crazy things about with violence world war so I don't think the sort of media is what's, what's triggering this not to mention the countless studies that there have been saying that there's absolutely no way not absolutely no way I should say but that there is no direct correlation between aggressiveness and video games at least personally for me it's more of like a cathartic release
1: yeah I honestly this is like a topic too that that we could talk about for hours because it's something that I like really passionately against as well But it's like there's always that thing that people have to latch on to because they don't they either just don't know what the problem is or they don't care to look into what the problem could be. They don't want to do research of their own. I mean, most of the people that are making these violent video game claims and that it induces, you know, extra violence in children, et cetera. They've been making these claims since I was a child. I've heard it, you know, several times a year forever as far as I know and it's just one of those things that you you don't really know you're just kind of latching onto that idea right there's there's not really any thought that you've put into it other than oh I read that video games are violent so you know let's just blame those
0: right and it's really easy to kind of look at video games from a surface value when you haven't played them and be like like because I'm on like take a doom for example doom is this crazy violent looking game that anybody who doesn't sort of understand the subject matter and who's never kind of experienced it can look at that and be like wow that's very visceral and to some can be kind of disgusting I think even for me like playing some of these games sometimes can get a little. I get a little queasy you know like some of the things that happens but I don't think that distracts from the medium like I have seen Saving Private Ryan and sometimes in that movie I get a little queasy you know because of the subject oh, yeah. matter um, but that doesn't mean that the medium should not exist and you know I think one of the main points about this is that they're calling for some sort of action, but there is a rating system. Like the rating system exists; it is there. It is there to protect these young kids from experiencing these things. Because I obviously don't like my little nephews playing these kind of games not until they're older. Um, and so the ratings exist; like they're there. We just need the parents to come in and do a better job of of sort of policing that for them. They, the government shouldn't be policing what is you know like sort of the, the parents' job, especially when it comes to video games.
1: And they're they're trying to do a thing or they think they're trying to do a thing. I don't, nobody really knows how successful they're going to be at this point, but they're trying to do a thing that's like technically already taken care of, you know, like, like you said, the rating is there. Um, It's there for informative purposes for parents, for kids, for teenagers, whoever. And, you know, they just need to use that system.
0: Yeah, I 100% agree. But enough with the with the sad talk. We're going to move on to our next news story, which is the Nintendo Direct that happened just last week. Zach, did you catch the Nintendo Direct?
1: I didn't watch it myself. I saw a recap, um, and I watched a Super Smash Bros. trailer. Don't know how I feel about that yet.
0: Yeah, I am really psyched for there to be a Smash Bros. on Um, the switch Uh, you and I have had extensive conversations about how we think the switch is one of the biggest revolutions in gaming Um, I think about any video game that sort of has come out and the idea of being able to play that wherever I like wherever I want to wherever I'm out on the bus or I'm in bed or wherever I can the ability to take that on the go with me and then come back and play it on my TV and not experience a difference in quality is insane in my mind
1: yeah it's I was a non-believer, you know that. Yeah. I, I I did not think the switch was going to do well. I saw it, I and I thought it was stupid. Why would I want to spend, you know, console money like that on a system and then take it out into the world, you know? Sure. And you know, obviously, there's there's protective equipment for it and and all kinds of stuff like that. But I, I just didn't think it was smart. And when I first saw it's crazy to think this about a Mario game, but when I saw Mario Odyssey, just the way that it looked, how beautiful it was on my TV, and then I brought it just to the tablet and it looked exactly the same. Like my mind was
0: blown. Right. and we're seeing other companies start to jump on this bandwagon. you get you see um, they're now releasing Crash Bandicoot, which is a game that used to be the like the flag holder. For Sony, right? It was oh, the yeah. PlayStation game, and now that game is going to be on a Nintendo console? That's insane.
1: All kinds of stuff. Dark Souls, uh, Skyrim.
0: Dude, you cannot forget the fractured
1: butthole. The f- <laughs> the fractured butthole, man. Yeah, man. Oh. It's,
0: it's, it's just insane. Um, you think about what Nintendo has been like over the years, and you can probably say with a certain degree of certainty that they haven't been as third-party friendly as other console makers there haven't been as many third-party games on nintendo consoles that there have been on other consoles Um, and i think nintendo is starting to do away with that i think they've understood where their where their sort of deficiencies lie and they're just saying open the floodgates whatever you want to put on the switch bring it on and from what i've heard it's very easy to port something to the switch which is why you're seeing so many of them
1: I mean, and why wouldn't they do that too? I mean, they're in a they're in a competitive market. Things are getting crazier and crazier with video games. You know, virtual reality is a big thing. Um, just the level of graphical intensity games are having now. Um, it's like they have to do something to compete. And Nintendo will always be Nintendo for a lot of people. You know, it'll always have that like that sense of childlike wonder when you play a Mario game. You're like. Remembering when you played it when you were five and it just feels amazing and it's all that nostalgia coming back to you, but like they can't live on that forever. And I think they're doing a really good job catering to a wider audience.
0: And I've also got another point that you and I are about, we're, we're like the same age. I think we're like a month apart. And I know that when I was young, one of the things that really introduced me to video games and really sort of pushed me into video games was my Game Boy. When I was young, my Game Boy was everything because I could take it with me. Um, It was portable. It had plenty of games on it that I could play. And even though I didn't have a big console, the fact that I had it with me at school and kind of could take it around with me um, really sort of pushed it over the edge. And I think that's sort of triggering a lot of nostalgia for people nowadays, because you and I are sort of the target demographic for this nowadays.
1: Yeah, that's true. The thing I remember most about my Game Boy was Trying to play it in the car at night and just waiting for a street light to show up so I could see where I was walking.
0: Yes, I had one of those weird <laughs> light add on things that like made your Game Boy twice as heavy that you clipped uh, on yeah. the back and like it might look like a Cobra that had the light in its mouth and it only worked for like two days and then it, it broke obviously because it was a piece of crap. Yep. And my
1: mom yelled at me a lot to turn the light off in the car in the back. And I would just wait a couple minutes and turn it back on. Right. (laughs) Because I was a jerk. (laughs) But I needed to level up that Pidgey, okay?
0: Hey, man, we all need to level up that Pidgey. People are still (laughs) doing it to this day. Why do you (laughs) think Pokemon Go was as big as it was? It's because people are looking for that nostalgia trip today. And the Nintendo Switch is sort of bringing that in a whole new way.
1: That's true. I well, hope it doesn't go the way Pokemon Go went,
0: though. No, I, I imagine a very, very long and healthy life for the Nintendo Switch. Um, and it, Nintendo's not the only company trying to bring mobile games uh, sort of to the big market. Um, it was just recently announced, I think, on the 8th that Fortnite was going to be creating their own mobile game. Not creating, I should say. They're actually porting the full game, Fortnite. Epic is porting the full game Fortnite over to mobile. You're going to be able to play the entire game on your phone or tablet, which is honestly insane.
1: I Yeah, I don't know what to think about it. I'm still trying to piece together how that's going to work for everybody involved.
0: <laughs> well, so if you take the story of Fortnite from the beginning, right? So you had these Battle Royale games that were sort of a little low and under the radar, and the first big one to come out was PUBG PlayerUnknown's Battlegrounds. And for a while there, it had taken over Twitch. It had taken Twitch by storm. It had, for the first time in I don't know how many years, League of Legends was dethroned as the top game on Twitch. Um, and PUBG was just the cat's meow everybody was playing it and then you had this little game called Fortnite, which no one was playing it was this weird like tower defense horde mode thing and horde mode hasn't really been a thing since i don't know i was like 15 you know and (laughs) and defend the
1: wall from zombies do anything else
0: and they had this game that is for all intents and purposes a failure right it is, it's, it's a failure on, on all parts. It's this game that no one's playing, no one's buying, and then they have this idea, you know, we have this beautiful engine. Why don't we do something with it? And they make this game called Fortnite, and it is just just sort of taken the world by storm. Like, it is the number one game on Twitch now. Um, it has outshone PUBG. I know when the game was first coming out, people were like, oh, it'll never pass PUBG, but here it is, and it did it by being just a really well-polished, well-put-together game.
1: Yeah, I mean, they had the. It was originally just like the zombie defense, right? And then they added the battle royale like mode,
0: correct. Essentially, correct.
1: Yeah, I. Th- I mean, I think it's smart. I think that style of game. I mean, you and I have played Fortnite together. I'm sure a lot of a lot of people have played Fortnite at this point. I mean, to me, it's it's like the Hunger Games video game. You know, and right? Not that anybody wants to personally be put in that situation, <laughs> but. <laughs> But it's just something about it is just so different from what other games have done in the past. Sure. And that's that's what I think is making it so successful, Right, um, is just how different it is, but how familiar it is at the same
0: time. Sure, sure, absolutely. And, uh, it's that same shooting game that we all know and love, but in this really well put together different package. And you got to talk about how the shooter has sort of dropped off in popularity at least the past couple of years. I know, I think before like, Overwatch came out. The only big shooter going around, yeah, you, you had Team Fortress Two, you had um, CS:GO, and then you had the sort of Call of Duties and Battlefields that came out every year. But those were dwindling fan bases. I mean, you still have the the casual that'll go out and they'll pick up their yearly Call of Duty and they'll be fine with that. But sort of that hardcore player base definitely diminished and so i think all those people that were that hardcore player player base were looking for that new thing you know that new thing to latch on and these battle royale games seem to be it
1: yeah i the only people that i know that still play call of duty are bros <laughs> like if you're a listen if you're listening to this and you're a bro and you play call of duty that's fine i'm not like we still like you but those are the, that's the fan base that, that I picture playing Call of Duty is just a bunch of bros.
0: Yeah, man. I, and
1: like seven year
0: olds. I agree. I, I picture like you like killing somebody and then high fiving a bunch of dudes next to you and like <laughs> chugging a beer and.
1: <laughs> Yo, we got a down one for our boys.
0: Yeah, man, downward for the boys that we just killed.
1: <laughs> I uh, just think the Fortnite thing on mobile though is crazy because, I just. Is it going to be touch screen controls? Am I going to plug in a, like a USB C controller? Are they going to be super crazy with it? And I'm going to move my phone around like VR? Like that's crazy idea. That's not what it's going to be. But
0: I'm sure they're how, gonna how they they going to do all of those things. Well, and here's the craziest part is that the mobile client is going to be linked with PS4, Xbox, and PC. So you're going to be able to play your mobile copy of Fortnite with your friends who are playing on the PS4, the Xbox, the PC. It's insane.
1: Yeah, I don't want to wish like ill omen upon any company publicly, but um, I just don't... When you and I play... I just feel like I can very easily tell the difference between the people playing on a PC like I am and the people playing on a PlayStation or an Xbox. And I just feel like that's going to be its own tier of, of just disgusting gameplay. Sure, sure. <laughs> from, the, from the PC gamers perspective, like, oh, that guy's playing on a Game Boy Color, almost literally.
0: <laughs> well, so there, you're not going to be matched up with people from the other systems unless you join one of your friends in a party. Right. So, like, if I'm playing on mobile, I'll only be matched up with mobile people unless my friend on PS4 sends me an invite. Then I can play with him on PS4.
1: Well, I'm not inviting you to play on mobile. I will. I just play. want you to know that.
0: Uh, that's, that's okay. <laughs> I mean, I kind of took it kind of personally, and you're dead to me now, <laughs> but that's okay. No worries. <laughs> and so I i just think this sort of renaissance for this game, and sort of, I don't want to even call it a renaissance. I mean, you could call it a renaissance because it started off as something and turned into something else and something much grander and greater, is sort of the introduction of, of really big moments in video games and we had one of those big moments just last night so i was sitting here i was actually just really bored sitting on the computer clicking around and i click on over to twitch and i go see that there are tons of people watching fortnite like way more than usual so i click open it and it's ninja who is the big fortnite streamer he's just like the big guy he's the one, Ninja plug. Hey, man, Ninja's that dude. Dude, watch his stream. He's so fun to watch. He's just always having a good time. He's a really fun stream to watch. Um, but then I start hearing a voice on there, and I'm like, hang on a second. I've heard this voice before. Is that Drake? And lo and behold, Drake, the multi-platinum recording artist, is sitting here on Twitch playing Fortnite. Is that If that's not indicative of how far the medium has come, I don't know what is.
1: I was hoping when you told me this last night that you were talking about Drake Bell. I mean and like jo- Josh was there too.
0: I mean if that was the case I think it would have <laughs> still been cool but I don't think it's as cool as what did happen because when Drake came in uh so Drake comes in he tweets about this and then him and Ninja proceed to break the all-time single Twitch viewer record. So that's just insane. Right. They had over 600,000 people watching them at one time. He Ninja gained over 90,000 new subscribers, which is somewhere around $125,000 in one night. Ugh. I know, right? And like <laughs> you just kind of think about that and you're like, "Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. That could be me."
1: <laughs> Man, it's it's crazy to think about that. Like you and I are no psychology experts. We didn't i have a degree in nerd sure (laughs) like 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 i can't speak to the psychological level of all of this but like it's so cool to see like when you and i were kids like you you were kind of put in this in this group of you're a nerd because you play video games or you don't like there were people that were made fun of they were beat up for that their game boys were taken away all kinds of awful stuff and now like over time, you've just seen all these people kind of congregate towards, oh, yeah, games are okay. Yeah, games are an acceptable medium. Like, games, in a way, are kind of just like movies, in a way, are kind of just like books. They're just all a different form of entertainment medium. And video games are kind of getting to this point that's just really awesome for, for I think it's awesome for gamers. I don't know, maybe some people disagree. Maybe they liked being secluded. But like, I just think all this attention is cool. Like, I know we're focusing on Fortnite right now. And this whole thing with Fortnite is really cool. Like Roseanne playing Fortnite is hilarious. (laughs) But like even slightly before this with the Overwatch League going live and League of Legends before that getting played on cable, like gamers are able to kind of participate in things that they've never been able to participate in because it's just becoming so much more common that video games are a medium of entertainment and that's just to me that's amazing.
0: Yeah, I 100% agree and I think there's always going to be that section of the community and we're you're going to hear this a lot on this podcast but personally I absolutely hate the internet. I hate internet <laughs> communities and I honestly wish i could throw reddit in a trash can but i can't stop hate reading reddit um you're always gonna have that uh that that sort of sense of a community that is just gonna trash everything right they look at something go this is trash you know that you already have those people people are like oh fortnite is trash this game is awful it's because once it gets to a certain popularity level there's the people that have to trash it because it's popular right And so I think it's fantastic that people like Drake and all these people are playing this game. And so Epic decided to put on this this big event that's going to be happening at E3, their big celebrity battle royale. And they're going to have 50 streamers and 50 celebrities pairing up together and then playing against each other. And that's going to provide huge exposure, not just to Fortnite, but to E3 in general, the biggest gaming convention of the year.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. I have a I have a question for you that you haven't even thought of. Go for it's it. It's gonna throw off your game. Boom, go. If you're if you're in the Fortnite like battle royale with a celebrity, what celebrity do you hope you get paired with?
0: Dude, this is such a tough question. Because there's like <laughs> most, multiple facets of it. Like, do I want a celebrity that I've always wanted to meet? Or do I want a celebrity that I know is gonna win? And that's I mean, like you're
1: competitive. I we don't <laughs> We don't want anyone to get to be yelled at.
0: (laughs) You're not wrong. Oh, man. But I mean, like imagine being there with like Will Smith and just like having a good time with him. And you're singing The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and you don't actually care what's happening. Uh, Yeah, I'm going to go with Will Smith, man.
1: That's a good choice. What about you? Oh, um, it would easily be Peter Dinklage for me.
0: (laughs) Why? Why Peter Dinklage? I don't know.
1: He's, he just seems like a cool guy. Like I would want to meet him.
0: Yeah. I want to see, that's the thing is I want to pick somebody that I just want to meet. Like I don't actually care about their playing ability.
1: I bet he's good at games.
0: I'm sure he is. I'm sure he's good. Yeah, absolutely. He's a good hand of the King. This isn't about
1: TV shows, but he's a good hand of the King. (laughs) He's a, he's a likable character that we all hope makes it to the end of game of Thrones. Oh
0: my God. If they kill him, I'm going to be so pissed.
1: I I'll riot, but you know there's only six episodes left, so (laughs) Mm -hmm. if we riot, it doesn't matter.
0: Right. I mean, we can't do anything now. (laughs) Right. Right. It's already, it's already done. Whatever. What's happened is already done.
1: But see, I play Fortnite really sneaky, so I I just think if I if I couldn't pick who I wanted, I would want somebody who would just sneak around with me, like we just hide in bushes the whole match and wait for people to kill each other.
0: Is that a short joke?
1: No, that's not... <laughs> well, I'm a jerk. Label me the jerk.
0: <laughs> is that a- I'm pretty sure that was a short joke.
1: Peaches is a jerk. Peter Dinklage, <laughs> that was not a short joke.
0: Peter Dinklage and Peaches, the like, dynamic duo. Uh, well, oh, well,
1: I guess I'm in trouble.
0: Yeah, well, you could redeem yourself, Zach. By telling us one of your top five video games of all time. Now we're gonna talk about our top five video games of time in just a moment, but just to give you a little insight, these are gonna be in no particular order, but Zach and I have identified our top games of all time, the number one. Um, and so we'll go off, we'll do alternating, he'll tell one of his, I'll tell one of mine, we'll talk about why we like it, maybe talk about the game a little bit, and then you'll talk you'll hear what our favorite game of all time is. So Zach, go ahead. What is the first game on your list? It uh, doesn't have to be the best one, but what is the first game on your list for your top five video games of all time?
1: I just want to say before I start this, that my super secret alias called Peaches was just immediately thrown out the window.
0: Man, in the you know, I tried really, <laughs> really hard to call you Peaches, and I just can't do it. Like, it is just so intrinsic. going to do
1: it. I'm Peaches, everyone. All all right, Peaches.
0: Peaches. All right. Peaches, go ahead and tell us, Peaches, because uh-huh. there's a huge mystery here, and no one knows your name. Whoa, mysterious. <laughs>
1: so- so I had a really hard time with this. I have I have a hard time coming up with top X anything because I just I don't like to. I feel like I'm always subjecting myself to one particular thing when I make top however many lists. So it's like hard because I I feel like I'm like associated with that forever if I choose it.
0: Sure.
1: I I know that I'm weird and that's why you're talking to me on a, on a podcast. <laughs> so what I ultimately ended up deciding overall what my favorite games were were games that have had a super lasting impression on me that I have wanted to go back and play. Because sure. I don't feel like, even if a game doesn't have a huge amount of replay value, I feel like if you, if you as a person claim to like a game, but you don't want to go back and play it, maybe you didn't like it as much as you thought you did. That's just my personal opinion. So one of mine on this list is Guitar Hero.
0: Guitar Hero. And,
1: yeah, I know it's an arcade game, very skill based. Unless you know you're not good and you just play on easy, that's fine if you're having a good time. But I I spent a long time, way too much time. Like I could be in a band if I just spent half of that time on a real guitar. Playing Guitar Hero, <laughs> um, from like the moment it came out, the first one, I was addicted to it. I would just take my TV wherever I was going. I brought my whole TV. Like, and it was one of those giant box ones. I'd bring it everywhere so that I could play Guitar Hero wherever I was. And I got to the point where, like, I was a kid in high school and I was playing this game in tournaments at colleges. Like, my mom was driving me to colleges so that I could beat college kids in Guitar Hero. And I don't know, for me, it's just so fun. It's, it's you get to listen to music that you hopefully like. It's It's a skill-based game i i just have a really fun time playing it so i feel like as a whole i had to include it and if i had to pick one particular guitar hero because that is always a question that gets asked for some reason um i would pick guitar hero three um because i could play cliffs of dover every day for the rest of my life and if that was the only song i got to play that's what i would pick i just have so much fun playing it
0: You know, it's interesting because I really liked Guitar Hero as well. It's not on my list, but I really enjoyed Guitar Hero because I think it was one of the first games that was a real family video game, you know? Like, me personally, I didn't play a lot of video games with my two older sisters, and um, they played video games a little bit more than... You know, I'm letting on right now, but not nearly, they're not gamers by any stretch or any means, but I think Guitar Hero was one of those first games that really sort of brought them to me and brought us together and, you know, as a young Puerto Rican nerd, um, Getting to spend time with his two cool older sisters was uh, sort of everything to me. And so that Guitar Hero was one of those first games. I think Guitar Hero and the Wii really sort of brought my family together in a way that I didn't expect and got us all hanging out and having fun together. And I think you can credit a lot of that to Guitar Hero. Now, I don't remember which came first, Guitar Hero or the Wii, but I, I think simultaneously they both kind of had that that same experience.
1: Yeah, I don't really remember either. We sports was pretty good for that too, though I agree with you. Okay. And I think, I think Activision over time did a really good job of making it easier for families to play this together, like you said. Like yeah. they had modes where you couldn't fail, where one person could play the bass and the other could play the guitar, um, and it just it made it a fun experience for everybody, whether you were listening or playing along.
0: Now, Tommy, did you ever play DJ Hero?
1: I I did play DJ Hero I was not very good at that
0: My sister had DJ Uh, Hero She bought like all the Guitar Hero games at one point She bought like the Beatles version of Guitar Hero And all this stuff Or was it Rock Band? I think it was Beatles Rock uh, Band
1: I don't know uh, Unpopular opinion Not a huge Beatles fan
0: All right. well thanks for listening to the podcast Uh, Please keep inviting me to the podcast If you were looking to be a new host for a podcast (laughs) I'm just kidding. It's okay. I mean, we're all allowed to be wrong sometimes. Yeah. Um, so it's not this time. <laughs> we're gonna pretend like you didn't say that, and <laughs> like we're not gonna get tons of angry letters from our three listeners. Luckily, uh, they don't
1: know my real name.
0: Right. There's no way they'll ever be able to know your real name, <laughs> Beaches. All right. That's a good first pick. It's a good first pick. But I'll, I'll do you one better. I'm gonna go back to something I brought up a little earlier, and on the Game Boy pokemon silver now pokemon silver um somebody be asking why did i pick a Gen one pokemon and let me tell you i played i played pokemon uh pokemon blue that was my first pokemon game and i fell in love that's one of the things that sort of brought me into gaming i fell in love but what really sort of like changed me was pokemon silver and it was the first uh sequel that i had ever played that really improved on the product and in my opinion pokemon silver improved on every single facet of what the pokemon experience was and i think it was at the height of when i was still watching the tv show and i was still like a young kid and it was it was everything to me so much so that when they came out with soul silver i bought a nintendo ds just to play pokemon soul silver so i could get that experience again uh Pokemon has always been one of those things. I I think it's just a culture from our childhood that we're, at this point, never going to forget. The show is still running after I don't know how many years, and it's insane. And I think uh, similarly to you, the games that I've chosen are some that have had a lasting experience on me. And once again, even with Pokemon Go, they're still having that experience with me. I'm still not, I mean, I'm not playing Pokemon go anymore, but they, I would. (laughs) And let me tell you when a Pokemon game comes out on the Nintendo switch, I will be first in line,
1: man. I, we could have a whole episode that's just me talking 95% of what I would love to see recreated as a Pokemon game. We won't do that. This is, this is your Pokemon silver time to shine. Yeah, but okay. no, if but, you ever need content, you tell me to talk about Pokemon.
0: Well, Okay, so let's just talk about it for, for a quick second. So yeah. if a Nintendo Switch game, a Nintendo Switch Pokemon game comes out, do you want it to be just an upgraded graphics version of the game that you know and love? Or do you want it to be a complete reimagining, completely new um, combat system and a completely new, like a, basically a new game? Which The one would answer you
1: is yes. I I. <laughs> This is super boring. Okay, I understand that, but I want a game. This is pure fan service. They don't even have to make more than one. Sure. I want a game that is the original games: red, blue, uh, maybe red, blue, and yellow because they all have the same Pokemon. Right. That's fine. Pikachu can follow me if he wants. So I don't need <laughs> your Pokemon or don't. Whatever. You're a free free Pokemon. Um, <laughs> I just want them to create the original games exactly story wise and Pokemon wise that they were gyms, all the same gyms. What they can add is they can add the new types that they've added over the years. They can add new um, TMs keep the same HMs. Cause we don't want to make the puzzles too much more complicated. Um, maybe they can, I don't, I haven't, you know, we don't, we don't have that much time. <laughs> same exact game that looks incredible on a system that that just brings it to life so that I can relive what I played as a child, but as an adult in all its beauty. Sure. I and
0: think, then one
1: that's completely different and breaks the mold.
0: Yeah, I think personally for me, I'm looking for that second one. I'm looking for that absolutely new Pokemon RPG experience. Um, now, you do have like things like Pokemon Tournament, which is that Pokemon fighting game, which I personally haven't played, but I've heard very, very good things about. I've heard it's a, a fantastic game. Um, but once again, I played the
1: demo at my local supermarket chain.
0: Wow. They had a video game demo at a supermarket chain?
1: <laughs> they did. It was at my local supermarket chain.
0: you talking about puppies? They
1: They had a very precise demo of this game. They hit the nail right on the head with that demo.
0: Interesting. Yeah, that's fantastic. I, where are those supermarkets for me? They're not over here. I'm, I'm telling you that
1: uh, <laughs> you just just have to have to find one.
0: Oh, well, maybe one set, day.
1: set a target on your GPS and you might find one.
0: You know what I am setting a target on uh, my GPS for? What? Your next top video game of all time.
1: Ooh, segues. Yeah, man. <laughs> Sweet. So let me jump around because I, I did have them in order. I wasn't. I wasn't sure how I wanted to talk about them, but I will just throw this out here so you all know that I am like in the 98% stereotypical Final Fantasy nerd fan club. <laughs> Final Fantasy Seven is my favorite Final Fantasy. If you want to fight me, I'll be in the back after the show. Just come on back. You can take turns beating me up. I don't care. I love Final Fantasy Seven, And I think, I think for me, it is a combination of being the first final fantasy that I ever played, um, the fact that I feel like there's enough challenges in the game to give it good replayability. Um, you can play it. I mean, you can, you can choose to play final fantasy games several different ways, but you know, this one is actually difficult if you choose to play it other ways. Um, as like, for example, like a no level game or a cloud only game, um, no materia game that's that sort of thing that adds challenges that you know you can do in other games but it's just not the same for me um but i think and spoiler alert from 1990 whatever uh (laughs) it's the first final fantasy game where a character as far as i know was the first one where a character died and did not come back yeah like for for that to happen in a story was like so new and and rare that like you almost didn't believe it when it happened. And everybody that that watched this is like, no, that's she's going to come back. And then she didn't come back. And you're like, listen, I have 99 Phoenix Downs in my bag. Why can't I use a Phoenix Down on her? I need to bring Aries back to life. <laughs> but you know you can't do it. And that's part of what makes that game great to me is it has a story that kind of keeps you in it. And it has the gameplay to back it up. And when I finally get a tattoo, one of my ideas is Final Fantasy VII Tattoo. That's how much I like that game.
0: Zach, I'm going to tell you a
1: secret. Peaches? Peaches. Tell Peaches a secret.
0: (laughs) Peaches, I'm going to tell you a secret. I have only ever actually played, really played one Final Fantasy game. And I didn't even finish it. And it was Final Fantasy X. That's fine. <laughs> uh, I Final Fantasy just was uh, never was never my cup of tea. Um, I'm honestly, you know, I'm gonna say this, and it's gonna make no sense with the game that I just talked about, but I've never I've never been really good at turn based combat. <laughs> and maybe oh. because Pokemon was turn based combat, but it was one on one. It wasn't a very like strategic, in depth, like multiple units kind of a thing. It's just never really been my jam. Um, yeah.
1: That's fair. I mean, a lot of people's main problems with Final Fantasy games are they don't want to go through the walls and walls of text. Like, if you don't want to read an in-depth story, you know, you risk when you play a Final Fantasy game, most of them, that you're going to spend 25 minutes reading unskippable things. You know, and people don't want to deal with that, Like, right? They want to play.
0: Sure. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. The new Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy, was it 15? Um, Yeah. That one is significantly more videos and talking, right? It's less text-
1: that one, I, I'm i going to be honest with you, I started playing it. The The graphical, uh, this is what I believe, the graphical intensity of that game was causing the PS4 I was using to make st- several strange noises. And I promptly turned it off because I it was not my PlayStation 4 and I did not want it to ruin <laughs> the system. True. But the combat system is absolutely different than previous Final Fantasy games. Like, it's... Not really turn based at all, it felt more like Kingdom Hearts,
0: sure. And it's interesting that you mentioned that because the next game on my list is Kingdom Hearts 2. Now, that was an unintentional segue, I know it was fantastic. Everyone, to know that it's beautiful, Peaches. Thanks, Peaches. (laughs) You're welcome, Eduardo. (laughs) And so, uh, Kingdom Hearts 2. Now, some of you might be wondering why didn't I pick Kingdom Hearts 1? Personally, I'm wondering and I'm sure you are, but personally for me, I think Kingdom Hearts 2 improved on almost everything from Kingdom Hearts 1. Now, some of you could say the game is significantly easier because of the, the basically the triangle feature. You plus triangle with certain enemies, and you basically can kill whatever, and it's, it's not as much of a challenge. Personally for me, I don't mind that the type of gamer that I am I care about sort of the story and the world and the narrative and everything that's going with it and the thing that I cared about with Kingdom Hearts more than anything was the narrative I wanted to know what was going on with Riku and Kairi and Sora and all these fantastically created characters that I cared so much about as a kid because I had already fallen in love with the properties that they were dealing in and the worlds that they were dealing in so it, it was really easy for me as a young kid to fall in love with all of these characters and here I am a 26 year old man and i'm still waiting for kingdom hearts 3
1: <laughs> well they keep remaking it so you're going to keep playing it cuz every time it comes out you're going to buy
0: it dude if they you know what if they make kingdom hearts 2 for the like a vr version in 10 years i'll buy that again
1: you're going to be <laughs> you're going to be in your living room with a vr headset on swinging around a dowel everywhere no,
0: there's no way you're taking kyrie's heart <laughs>
1: Oh, that was really good. I'm oh, kind of scared. <laughs> did, you, did you practice that?
0: I have played a lot of Kingdom Hearts. Oh. A lot of, a lot of Kingdom, Hearts. Specifically I was Kingdom gonna, Hearts. I was going
1: to quote Axel, but I forgot what his quote was.
0: Uh, he just um, got it memorized.
1: Got it memorized? There yeah, it is. Dude,
0: Over and over again. It was so <laughs> weird. But I think Kingdom Hearts 2 is just... And that was the other game that my sisters played with me. And it was because... Of those properties that they loved, they loved, you know, all the Disney, the Disney properties, you know, Beauty and the Beast and and Aladdin and the Lion King and all these all these wonderful properties that we grew up watching as a kid. And now you're able to play with them. I'm able to walk around Halloween Town, which is my mother's favorite movie, is Nightmare Before Christmas, and she's able to watch me run around Halloween Town with Jack Skellington. Like that's insane.
1: Yeah, I I fangirled a lot oh, when I dude. got to Halloween Town. Me too. It's- It's in my top favorite movies of all time as well. So what would you... Between Kingdom Hearts and Kingdom Hearts 2... Sure. um, What is your... I know you said 2 is your favorite game. That's fine. We just talked about that. But what is your favorite world out of all of the games?
0: Ooh, that's tough. That's really, really tough. Um, Oh, man. It's got to be... I think it's the Mulan level from Kingdom Hearts 2. Okay. Um, and I think because, first off, the visual style of Mulan uh, sort of lended itself very well to the style of Kingdom Hearts, like the animation style. Um, and okay. so that that world was really fleshed out and really real when you're climbing that mountain. It all feels like you're like right smack dab in the middle of it. Um, and I also just absolutely love the movie Mulan, so... It was also, I think, the first world you go to when you start that game. Once you finish that hour long thing with Roxas where you think Sora's dead and you're like, What's happening? Why am I playing this other guy? I wanna play Sora. And like I've gotten like I've gone around gotten around to liking Roxas or whatever, but once you get through that, you're like sent out on your way, and just like the other one, you're set out to the first world and that one's Mulan, and I think that's when I was like, Wow, this game is incredible.
1: I agree. I think they did a better job giving you interesting starting worlds in the second. Don't get me wrong, I like Wonderland in
0: the first game. Wonderland's really good.
1: But not as much as I like the Mulan level. I agree with you there.
0: Now, I think that they... Because you get the game Kingdom Hearts, right? And it's this, honestly, kind of insane idea. Let's take... JRPG characters, classic JRPG characters and mash them with Disney characters and create this grand overarching story. Who if you pitched that idea to me before <laughs> I played any of these games, I would have been like, "Where is your heroine and where can I get some?"
1: <laughs> like that's got to be the at the time it had to be like the smallest Venn diagram that ever existed. Right. Like what where were you aiming?
0: Right. Absolutely. Like, it's it's insane that that is just a phenomenon, and people, like, all the mobile games, all the sort of the handheld games have come out, and those are, like, hit or miss. They're, like, some are okay, some are not that great. But these console games are, like, beloved. And so, fingers crossed, Kingdom Hearts 3 should be coming out later this year.
1: I'm gonna keep holding my breath on that, but <laughs> would you say, then, that Disney fans that secretly liked... JRPGs and vice versa, JRPG fans that secretly liked Disney. Do you think Kingdom Hearts unlocked that that for them?
0: Was that a pun? Was Their that a,
1: acceptance it unlocked was, it.
0: Was that a, was that a, like a Keyblade pun?
1: That that was a Keyblade pun.
0: Oh well, uh, well done. That was, you know, that was a know, well done. The thing about
1: jokes is <laughs> that even if they're stupid, you say them because uh, <laughs> eventually right. one won't be.
0: That's a good point. That's a good point, and. Good for that. Good for you. All right. Moving on <laughs> to your next top five video game of all time. Let's go, Zach. Peaches. Uh, uh,
1: Fire Emblem <laughs> for the Game Boy Advance.
0: Fire? Um, really? All right. Let's Yeah. Move.
1: So uh, I don't remember the official. I don't think it had an official like subtitle. I think it was just called Fire Emblem when it came out. And um, it was like, to me, it was similar enough to a JRPG and where it was like sort of turn based combat but I also grew up playing a little bit of Final Fantasy Tactics, right? So it had that similar Final Fantasy Tactics feel, except it was just much more clean. It was much more polished. Um, And when I talked earlier about games that I always find myself coming back to, more than any game that I'm going to talk about ever, I have gone back to Fire Emblem. Um, uh, People that don't know me don't know this. Uh, Obviously you do, but I'm like, super nerdy as f- and like not just in the video game sense like I I code I work with databases I do all that sort of you know super nerdy stuff um and I also love finding ways to break games um I don't mean like I'm a cheater but I mean like I enjoy pushing a game to its limits and seeing where that limit ends. So Fire Emblem for example um I learned a few years ago, depending on how you move your cursor around the map, that can change how your characters have their next battle sequence. Um, So, if you don't like the way that the battle turned out, the game had an autosave feature, and you could just turn the game off, turn it back on, move the cursor on the map around in a specific way, have that fight again, and change the outcome. And uh, to me, like that's, that's bad, right? Like you, as a programmer, you don't want to find out things like
0: right, that, right, right,
1: but as somebody who's played a game and it's, and it's trying to stay fresh and you're trying to come up, you know, you're trying to create a game that like lasts a long time. I think it's actually kind of a win because I've gone back to that game so many times just because of all the things I know that I can do with it. And because I know that I can do that, there will be times where I start up a file and I don't play it that way intentionally. I take whatever battles hit me, I take whatever stat gains that I might get, and I just roll with it. And there are other times where I will spend hours in one level just moving the cursor around on the map until I get the exact level up that I want. And it is super tedious to watch. Like, you might think I'm a serial killer if you watch me do that. (laughs) Um, I'm not a serial killer. Sure. I just want I just want that sure. to be clear. Sure, sure. But to me, it's just one of those games that I just keep coming back to, and and I will keep coming back to it. And I've pretty much kept up with most of the recent ones. I didn't have a 3ds for a long time, so I haven't played the newest Fire Emblem games. But um, that that's one that I'll always come back to.
0: Now, let me throw that back to you. Fire Emblem for the Switch. So they have Fire Emblem Heroes, which is like. Or Fire Emblem Warriors, I should say, and it's like the Dynasty Warriors type of Fire Emblem game. That's not what I'm talking about. A yeah. real Fire Emblem game for the Switch. What do you want out of it?
1: Um, I believe they had one for the Wii U, or the no, they had one for the GameCube for sure. I don't know. I don't need. I don't need Fire Emblem to change too much. That's kind of what I like about it too. A lot of other games, you know, you want to see some tweaks here and there. You want to see systems improved, maybe graphics improved. For me, Fire Emblem is like chess on crack, and chess is a game that I love to play. It doesn't need to be improved. It it it's the game is chess, and you play it this this way every time. And for me, Fire Emblem is like is like that. You, you can make new characters in these new games. You can make new stories. Fire Emblems. I also care about story like you do, but Fire Emblem is one of those games that I just skip the cutscenes because I just want to go straight to the the strategy. You know
0: yeah absolutely give
1: me new characters give them different weapons that are different colors and have different names i don't care just leave the formula the same make it pretty if you're going to put it on the switch which is inevitable
0: now did you play um which mode did you play did you play the one where you get to keep your characters if they die or once they're gone they're gone
1: (laughs) uh as a completionist you will know that i never let my characters die (laughs) If they died, no matter what mode I was playing in, I started that level over.
0: Well, good for you.
1: I cannot let them die. They will not rest in peace. They will live on.
0: Hey, man. Speaking of things that can't die, my next top game of all time, World of Warcraft. So I have been playing World of Warcraft on and off since I think I was 15 um, I know I had a group of uh, buddies of mine. We were all in marching band. A little, a little backstory. And I'm not. This is not a stop story. Don't feel bad for me. I'm, I'm married to a smoking hot wife, and I've got a good life. But when I was a young kid, I wasn't very popular. We talked about like being nerdy and kind of getting picked on for video games, and that was me when I was a kid. I didn't have a lot of friends. Um, I didn't hang out with a lot of people. I joined marching band just to hang out with people. So you know keep that in mind right absolutely and so uh world of warcraft is one of those first times where i got a group of friends of mine they were actual friends and we would play every single night and i remember us all getting together we'd have our crappy microphones on our ears and we would play every single night and have such a blast and then for a number of years i just stopped playing i didn't play it at all And then the expansion came out, the World of Warcraft Legion, I think two years ago. And it was actually you that got me to start playing again. And... (laughs) Well, I don't play the expansion anymore because expansion sort of left its life cycle. I find myself at the point where I'll probably jump in at the beginning of every expansion for as long as that game is out because it's just such a fun experience to jump into a new expansion and see where that world has gone. Um, And I think it's one of those things that has shaped my sort of community-focused gaming experience. You know, the first two games I talked about were both very, like, single-player. It was just me on my own. But World of Warcraft was that game that, like taught me how to play with a community and taught me how to build a community of of video gamers. And it's something that I still try to strive for to this day.
1: Yeah, that's fair. World of Warcraft did a great job of that. And I think that's the reason it's gone on so long. It's just, it's a solid concept. They keep improving on their ideas. Um, Legion was really fun. I didn't expect to come back to it either. I, I, like you, played it in high school a lot. And I actually, I had a girlfriend in high school who, absolutely like loathed world of warcraft like she didn't want to know anything i wasn't even allowed to tell her my character's name That's which it was clockwork by the way if you're listening to this it was clockwork and now you know yeah i mean i'm I'm not bitter about
0: it at least they don't know your first name
1: that's true and (laughs) and i never thought i'd go back to it because i just you know i moved on and and a new expansion came out and then another new expansion came out and i was pretty much for the most part always there trying it again. And they hooked me for, you know, a good chunk of time every time. It's yeah, it's a fun game.
0: Yeah, it's just such a fun experience. And you know, this is if you're gonna continue listening to the show, you're gonna learn a little thing about Zach and I. We're both mild Peaches and I, dang it, every time. I just can't. I just can't do it. I'll, I'll get used to it. I'll get used to it, I promise. Um, but you'll learn something about Peaches and I. We're both mild, and uh, I don't know how much he's going to admit to this, Is at least I will, mild Blizzard fanboys. Um, We both live on the Blizzard launcher. Whenever we're playing together, we're playing some sort of Blizzard game together. Um, My wife's uncle is a software developer for Blizzard, so I've even been to the campus. I am infatuated with the way they make games and sort of how polished their products always are. Um, And I think that's one of the things that I love about World of Warcraft. And it sort of introduced me to all these different characters that I came to enjoy and that I still play with those characters in different games to this day. I am still playing Hearthstone. Zach and I get mad at each other at Heroes of the Storm every day. Um, True that. uh, We hate play Overwatch because it's fun sometimes, and then sometimes you just want to punch that Hanzo in the face. Uh, But it's always just... I am a
1: pro Hanzo, and you can punch me whenever you need to. You
0: sound just like every Hanzo in the world. I am a pro Hanzo. I'll be good, I promise. Yeah, sure you will, sure you will. Um, And so... I. One of the, the one game that I think we haven't really touched on is StarCraft, but I'm sure one day we'll be sitting there and they'll announce StarCraft 4 or whatever. And, or what are they on, 3?
1: I don't know. That's also like the only one I've never played. I, I wasn't very good at the Warcraft series. Right. Like, I enjoyed it, but I wasn't good at it. And and I saw StarCraft and I was like, I'm not even going to try.
0: Yeah. I'm sure it's
1: great. Yeah, it's I'm sure.
0: Fun. Yeah, same. The whole RTS thing just isn't, isn't my cup of joe uh but what is your cup of joe zach peaches with your fourth game of all time
1: (laughs) we're gonna get this everyone's gonna we're gonna just gonna beep out my name every time every time just edit edit that in the in the end
0: yeah okay
1: um so i gotta go with the fourth in this category being uh the legend of zelda a link to the past wow that's a big surprise to
0: you oh yeah what no way Uh,
1: so that that's probably the game on this list that goes back the farthest right because you know, I grew up playing my uncle's Super Nintendo. He had a bunch of games for it. I always played Link to the Past on it. I was really bad at it as a kid. Um, I had no idea there was a Dark World at all because <laughs> I had never beaten the Tower of Hera. Like, that's pretty sad because that ugh, they just always got hit and kicked off the edge by that worm. <laughs> I hate you, Moldorm. <laughs> um, no, but links to the Past to me is just, it's such a, it's just such a good game. Just like every early Zelda game and probably, you know, I'm playing Breath of the Wild right now, probably every Zelda game, the Zelda games are just pure adventure. You know, it's like other games will baby you with a tutorial. They'll tell you exactly everything you need to do along the way. This is coming from the dude that just a few moments ago told you that I love Final Fantasy 7. But like, but like, Zelda is never like that. It's, it's, here's a world, go figure it out. And for me as a kid, that's like something that I needed, you know, I needed to figure it out because it allowed me to learn on my own what I could and couldn't do. Obviously I was really bad at it then, but even now I'll go back and play that game a lot. And recently, you know, if you're into video games and you watch, twitch like you probably are very aware of the randomizer that a link to the past has for it there's a bunch of great people um in that community that that took the game and they took a bunch of the treasure chests and the rewards and they just randomized them in ways that always make sense you can't get stuck in like an infinite loop and you play the same base game except everything is jumbled and you have to figure out where you can go based on what you find and Stuff like that is so amazing to me because you're taking something that I am so passionate about from X amount of years ago and you're finding a way to make it even more interesting. And I think that's why this just always lands in my top my top five, 10, whatever video games because it's a game that I enjoyed so much as a kid and it's just something I can still play now because of what's been done with it
0: now you recently you had me like sit down and play this game you were like eduardo you've never played link to the past i need you to play this game because you me to play the randomizer with you and you sat me down you're like you need to play this game and the one thing that really impressed me about the game is sort of how well the whole thing holds up um it it just it's still so crisp and polished and you can tell a lot of love went into that game and it's sort of it's the, it's the most perfect version of that game that I think they could have created.
1: Oh, I agree. I agree. It's um, I mean, there's so much you can do that you don't even realize. Um, right, like
0: you found something when I was playing that you didn't even know that you could do. I like use the pixie dust on one of the creatures, and he turned into something else. And you were like, "What did you just do?" Oh yeah, you turned you
1: turned something into like an acorn or something. I don't yeah, remember. Yeah, something what it weird. Was. We sound like idiots right now, but uh, <laughs> we're not getting our facts straight. But whatever you did, I had no idea you could do it. Right. And that's crazy to me.
0: Right. That just kind of speaks to the the amount that game, like how well that game has been put together.
1: It's just, it's so good. And I, I'll be very honest. I've already had, you know, I've already had some dislikes for saying I didn't like the Beatles earlier. Sure, but sure. I will be very frank and honest in saying, I actually have not played every single Zelda
0: game. I don't think that's a bad thing. So,
1: so perhaps it's not the best one. But to me, like you know how nostalgia works, people. Sure, sure. Like it's it's like set there in my heart. I don't think anything can be better than that, as far as a Zelda game goes. That's just me.
0: Now, as far as Zelda games go, you mentioned a little while ago Breath of the Wild. So Breath oh, yeah. of the Wild is this game, it's a phenomenal game for what it is. Um but and I'll get a lot of hate for this. Uh, it's not my favorite game in the world. Uh I don't think personally, it's just not that that style of just jumping in and trying to figure everything out isn't for me. Um I played through the whole game. I didn't completion it like you do or you're trying to do. Um But I did play through the whole game. I did enjoy it for what it was. But games that have that open world format, at least for me, um, need to have a little bit more structure, which is going to lead me into my fourth game of all time. And it's a game that I just recently played, um, The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt. So The Witcher is a game that I stayed away from for a long time. I remember I picked up the copy of Witcher 2 Assassins of Kings uh, a couple years ago. And I played it. I played through maybe an hour of it and I hated it, I put it back in the box and I returned it. And then come years later, Witcher 3 comes out and everybody's like, you have to play this game, you have to play this game, it's a fantastic game. And so I pop it in and I have never played a more sort of immersive world experience in my entire life. I remember when Skyrim came out, Uh, when Skyrim came out, I don't know why I said (laughs) it, I said it weird. You can Uh, bleep
1: that out too, that's not for the kids.
0: Yes, you don't want to watch those old Skyrim videos, let me tell you. Oh. <laughs> um, I remember when Skyrim came out, and Skyrim was this game that was so amazing because you looked out across this vast world, and anywhere you looked, you could go. If you saw mountains in the distance, you could climb that mountain. If you saw that, you know, if you saw, like, you could run, and you'd be climbing that mountain, and you see a, a dungeon, and you could go and explore that dungeon, and all these fantastic things. But the one thing that you sort of compromise, or you sort of, like... Knew was a compromise when you had games like that was narrative, right? We can all agree that Skyrim isn't the most narratively intensive game in the world. It's a beautiful game; you can do so much, but as far as narrative goes, it's it's okay, you know. I mean, you it's, can it's, you
1: can read what everyone's
0: saying. Sure, if sure. You
1: want to, right?
0: But it's not narrative isn't its strong suit. I know at the time for me there were two games. There were these big sort of open world games that. Lacked narrative. And then there were these single player games that were a lot more linear and were on rails, but were very narrative driven, right? And The Witcher comes in and is both of those games at the same time. It is this incredibly narrative-driven story in an absolutely gigantic open world. And the way it does that is every single interaction you have is cut Every single one. All of the side quests. All cutscenes They're all well-developed, and none of the side quests feel like side quests. They're all well-developed stories, at least for the most part. Um, And they're all fully voice-acted, the whole nine yards. And you have um, choice prompts for basically every conversation that you have. And there's a giant mini-game within the game, and there's all these different facets and all these different choices you have to make on this gigantic world that's going to take me, because I'm still playing it, it's going to take me hundreds of hours to finish all the content in there, not to mention all the DLC that came with it. Um, and it's just this fantastically open game, and I just didn't realize games had had gotten to that level where those two sort of worlds had merged.
1: Yeah i i I can't speak a lot about Witcher Three because I did not play Witcher Three. True. Sure. The, the guy on the gaming podcast did not play Witcher
0: Three. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh.
1: So yeah, I mean, I've seen the game played. It looks phenomenal. It's it, it seems like a game I would like. Um, I think what you really meant to say that whole time is that you just like playing Gwent.
0: I love Gwent. <laughs> so I've been playing Gwent for the past like week and a half. I like picked it up a couple months ago and I, I love Hearthstone. So I like love card games. I've always loved card games. I played Yu-Gi-Oh! and Magic and all that crap. Um and so I love card games, and so I played Hearthstone, and then I, I kind of got burned down on Hearthstone a little bit. So I was looking for something else, and I came across Gwent, and I picked it up uh, like a week and a half ago. I, like picked it back up, and I've been having so much fun playing that game. And it's amazing that that game was just spawned from like a little mini game that you could play within the game. And in the game, anybody you talk to almost, you can challenge to a game of Gwent. And then when you That's win, awesome. you get more cards, and it's a lot of fun. Um, but it's amazing that that sort of spawned this really, really well-polished outside product. I don't know if anybody, any of you ever actually played Gwent, the standalone computer game, but it's fantastic. It's free to play. They're very generous with the rewards. You get card packs galore all the time. It's fantastic. Plug number
1: two, we yeah. were not paid by no, God yeah. Galaxy.
0: No, but please, please play Gwent. Please play Gwent. CD Projekt Red did a fantastic job making that game, and more people should be playing it right now.
1: It is fun. I will say, too, as far as Witcher 3 goes, like I said, haven't played it. But, like, just the way it's described and what I know about it, like, that just kind of shows how much love can go into this type of medium. You know, like, you were just saying that about Zelda. I'm, I think the same thing about Witcher. Like, the fact that everything has a cutscene, the fact that the world is so huge yet you can continue on this, you know, amazing story and they've got this gigantic mini game in the background that you can play with almost anybody that to me it's like you put a lot of work into that that's a lot of effort that's a lot of love and that's what stuff like this needs to be successful
0: right and in a in an era right now where people are getting so worked up over locked on disc dlc and a lack of content in their games. You know, you got Destiny 2 right now, which is just, just can't catch a break, right? Like, everything Bungie does is wrong. Just everything. Um, you know, the commu- there's community backlash on essentially everything that they do. And then you've got CD Projekt Red, who puts out a true gaming experience, a true gaming product, which is tons of hours of content for very little. And I mean, and to this day, video game... Uh, video games in general are some of the cheapest forms of entertainment you can purchase right so for 10 bucks i can watch an hour and a half movie or for 20 bucks which is what i spent on witcher 3 when it was on sale i can get hundreds and hundreds of hours of content
1: yeah that's true you don't get that from anything else unless you're really into that movie right i'm sure
0: I'm sure in the future we'll sort of go in a little bit more in depth about the price of video games because they are starting to rise and there's always talks of the price of the standard game rising. Um, but we'll probably talk about that later at time. What I want to talk about now, Mr. Peaches, is your... Oh, Mr. Mr. Peaches, that's right. Wow. Oh. Mr. Peaches, what is your top video game of all time?
1: Oh man, I don't want a drum roll on the desk right now. I have a feeling because I know you sure. well that we're about to talk about the same thing in a different.
0: I'm almost positive we are.
1: We're we're going to talk about the same game, yep. but it's not the same game. Yep, yes, we are. I my favorite game of all time is Bioshock.
0: Right, and rightfully so.
1: Um, and I I don't know if I have such a good explanation for why I like Bioshock. As I did for the reasons I like my other games, but for me, Bioshock was just something that just stu- it stood out to me. It was it was a game that came out when I was finally starting to enjoy horror. Um, I wouldn't necessarily call Bioshock horror, right? It's not like
0: I think it, there's I think not
1: a not a lot of jump scares. It's not. I mean, it's scary.
0: I think Don't it's a diff- it's a different kind of horror. It's like a more. I wouldn't even call it psychological. It's just kind of creepy and dark. Yeah, and, you know.
1: Like you never knew what was going to happen. Sure. Like you're in a setting you've never been in before. And me growing up, I was that kid that I was, if you think of a thing that might even have like a tiny bit of scariness factor to it, whatever the heck that means. I was scared of it. Like I wouldn't go in the basement because I thought that job of the hut was down there. That's real. I didn't make <laughs> That's, that up. He
0: is real scary.
1: Um I wouldn't go upstairs by myself because the upstairs scared me because I knew there was an attic up there. And by there the was a time in my in, life uh, that I mean didn't like big, to do anything by myself because I just was scared. Um and around the time I started enjoying horror things, it was when BioShock came out and it just like hit all those marks for me in that moment. Um you know, it was underwater, that's creepy and unsettling. Um It was fun game it had a little bit of magic it had a little bit of shooting um the story was amazing the moment when and i really hope that if you have ever played bioshock that nobody spoiled this for you but it is it is long past the time where we're at we're out of spoiler territory okay you should know the story of bioshock sure the moment when you learn that atlas was fontaine the whole time yep is just such it's such a blow to you personally because this whole game you've been dealing with all of this really scary messed up stuff and you're fighting your way through this city to save a guy you don't even know because you just happened to crash land in the Atlantic Ocean like and this dude deceives you it hurts you personally but it's like such a good hurt because it it was so effective. Absolutely. You know, like you, as soon as you found out, you still wanted to find him so that you could just beat him to a pulp because he made you do so many awful things. Sure. And uh, that game, it just stuck with me. I, I, I always go, I play it a lot. I go back and play it usually once a year. Um, when I, I talked about a Final Fantasy 7 tattoo, uh, another one of my tattoo ideas is a Bioshock tattoo. I currently have none. Needles also <laughs> scare me, but I will get a Bioshock tattoo one day Which is because interesting, I love those, that game.
0: Those little girls run around with gigantic needles.
1: They do. That They freak me out.
0: <laughs> yeah, they're real scary. They yeah. don't
1: call me Mr. Peaches or Mr. Bubbles. They, they just creep me out, yeah, but I saved them because I'm a good guy. I killed one once just to know.
0: Yeah, I can't I can't do that. You know how in games where they'll try to make you choose between being a good guy and being the bad guy? I oh, yeah. literally just can't do it. I can't do the mean thing. Like I just can't do it. Like I have to just be just a goody two shoes at all times. And I hate it. I wanna be like a jerk for once, but no I can't, dude. And these But so you played games, horde. Yeah, but the horde are just misunderstood. They're not actually <laughs> bad guys. But
1: you played a Taurin.
0: And Torin are probably the most noble race of the entire horde.
1: You know what? I'm just going to let you think that.
0: Yeah, we'll, we'll have a huge Toran discussion me, for another time.
1: Let me let me like segue this back to you though. Would you kindly tell me your favorite game of all time?
0: So well done. First off, yeah, and secondly, similarly to you, uh, my top game of all time is Bioshock infinite now for those that don't know there are three bioshock titles there's bioshock there's bioshock 2 which is made by a separate studio was not made by the studio that made bioshock 1 and then the same studio um, that made bioshock the first bioshock made a second game called bioshock infinite and it is set in a completely different um, setting Um, it is in the same universe sort of but in a different timeline And the game is... uh, While the first Bioshock is about this underwater city, uh, the second, or Bioshock Infinite, is about a city in the sky. It is a city in the sky, and you are the main uh, protagonist in the game, Booker Dewitt, and you are trying to rescue this this woman who is um, sort of like captured, and her name is Elizabeth. And that's the whole game. You're trying to get her out of the city from this man named Comstock. Um, Booker, catch. Right, and so she... The reason I think I love the game so much, one, I remember buying this game. I went to GameStop, I waited until midnight, I picked up the game, I sat at home, I put the game in the disc, and I did not get up until I finished the game. I remember, That's insane. I know, I remember because you can look on Facebook, you go to my Facebook now, you will find me saying, wow, Bioshock Infinite was amazing, and somebody comments on it saying, didn't that game come out today? and I'm like yes yes it did that's how infatuated like I literally just couldn't put the controller down and I had played the first Bioshock and Bioshock 2 before that I didn't love Bioshock 2 but the first Bioshock is uh, phenomenal And I just remember feeling this sort of sense of like amazing wonder and how deep sort of the character development there was between this character, Booker, and this other character, Elizabeth, and come to find out. And this is like, once again, spoiler territory, and it gets honestly kind of trippy and weird to follow, but you find out that you are not only the protagonist in the game, but you are in an alternate dimension, the villain of the game. And that girl that you've been trying to rescue is your daughter. And she has been stolen from you. And you sort of kind of have to come to grasp with that. And it's a sort of a phenomenal, like, crazy out there ending. But I I don't think the ending is what got me. I think that the actual gameplay, she, the character Elizabeth has all these, like, dimensional rifts she can open to kind of help you out and she's this character and you're sort of battling with your own mortality with her and trying to be honest with her but you also are just trying to get out of there alive. Um, and I think it's it's absolutely phenomenal.
1: I I bet the the first person that listens to this podcast besides like you and I for editing purposes right is going to be the one human that exists and that hasn't
0: played either of these finally games.
1: Finally just bought the BioShock collection. <laughs> And they've been waiting to play it, and they're like, there's no way these guys are going to talk about this. I just need something to listen to on my way to work. And we just ruined everything for them.
0: I I feel so bad because some of these like discoveries are some of the best moments I've ever had playing a video game. Finding out that you were working with Atlas and finding out that you are Comstock were two of the craziest things that I've ever experienced in a video game.
1: Oh, yeah. they. I think that's probably what it is for me, just the shock factor i know that's that's not a pun They're like a, the bio shock factor sure it, and just like the story having such a great twist in both the first game and an in infinite uh, they just make the games so enjoyable it's you know it's the same reason that people like game of thrones it's just unpredictable you, you don't know what's going to happen you can't bank on what's going to happen
0: right and absolutely.
1: that was kind of the same thing except you didn't know it at the time
0: right and it's not just that, right? So it's not that it's just that. It's that it's that, but it's put together in this beautiful package of of a shooting game with phenomenal, like undercut story. Like, there's all these, like, little recording devices you can find of, like, creepy people, like, talking about things that are happening, and it builds the world in a really subtle way. Um, and there's, like, a lot of exploration you can do to just kind of see what's going on. And both, all of the games that they've done do this, but the two Bioshock games in particular do it really, really well. Um, but they sort of build the world in a really, really subtle way, and it's, it's top-notch. Like, it, it, I'm so sad that the studio isn't making games anymore because I just, I like I need another Bioshock type game in my life
1: time to replay it
0: man oh man I'm in there I'm, I'm you know, already in there
1: random non-scripted question go for it favorite plasmid slash vigor in this Ooh, the whole series
0: I think it's gotta be I think it's gotta be the crows dude stop I think it has to be the crows because it's just so that's vi- my favorite is it really
1: Yes, murder it's, of crows all the way.
0: It's just so visceral and crazy. And like, I remember there's the guy in Bioshock Infinite that kind of teleports everywhere. And if you just leave a trap of crows, he like gets like, oh, God, if you're like, haha, you tried to trick me, but I'm tricking you.
1: <laughs> it's such a weird thing. It's just like I'm going to send crows out of my hand to attack you. It's like the upgraded version of the bees from right. the first two. games, Right. But right. like, it's cool
0: right and like i I think one of the my favorite parts of these games are the animations of you taking the plasmids and the vigors like when you like inject yourself with it and then all of a sudden your hand like lights a flame and you're like freaking out and you're like oh my god my hand's on fire but it doesn't hurt i guess i don't know i don't know if it hurts or not i assume it hurts because your hand's on fire but i don't know
1: i don't need hard drugs i've got plasmids right
0: (laughs) that's interesting um well, there—that was it. Those were our top five games of all time. You got top five for me, top five for Peaches, Peaches, Mister uh, Peaches, Mister Peaches, Mr. Peaches. Uh, <laughs> and that's gonna do it for us today. Um, now, once again, we're a brand new show. Uh, we're gonna try to do this. And we are. We're gonna. We're gonna commit to. It. We're gonna commit to it right now. We're gonna do one of these every single week for the foreseeable future. Um, I just
1: cut my hand open for the blood oath.
0: There we go. Uh, we're gonna. Try to bring our mom back from the dead here in a little bit. Maybe Zach will get trapped in a suit of armor. Peaches will get trapped in a suit of armor. Whoa. Uh, that was a Full Metal Alchemist joke for those who aren't following. Um, yeah, I'm not. I wasn't in there for that. <laughs> so, Zach, Peaches, good gracious! I just can't. I'll get it. I'll get it. Peaches. It's gonna say it forever. Just change change my name in your phone. <laughs> I know. I'm only gonna call you Peaches from now on, so this doesn't <laughs> happen. But Peaches, where can folks find you on the interwebs?
1: Yeah, so I, I've got a much steadier work schedule coming up in the next couple weeks for the foreseeable future. So um, in addition to this podcast, um, you guys can come find me on Twitch, um, twitch.tv slash peaches. Wow. P-E-A-C-H-3-Z. Um, I don't have a great plan for what I'm going to do yet. Um, that's still up in the air. Probably going to play some Zelda randomizer. Uh, I want to have a day where I play a new horror game, a blind play um, that I've never played. Um, specifically, my first one I'm looking at Among the Sleep. So if you want to see a crazy looking ginger bearded guy get scared <laughs> at a children's nightmare, then uh, come watch me play that. And uh, yeah, I'll I'll be streaming. Uh, I'll have a schedule up on the on the Twitch site at some point soon here.
0: Dude, that sounds awesome. Um, Catch us next week. You can find me at Twitter at ABCDEduardo. You can find uh, me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash ABCDEduardo. And join us next week for the topic that I just decided right now, Zach, or Peaches, and I are going to be talking about Doki Doki Literature Club. See you, everybody.